If you're ready to finally start putting the pieces together and get a head start on your sober curious journey, you've got to get in my program, Awaken Sober Living. The secret sauce that really brings it all together is asking the right questions and then actually answering them. And then we go a little bit deeper. So if you're over the trap of trying to figure it out with moderation and stopping and starting all the time, this is the space for you to get a whole new perspective and make space for something new to come through. And that something new is more of you. There'll be a link right here in the show notes for you to go on over and get right in there. You can also just go to visit my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, and we will get going. I'll see you on the inside. I'll be there for you every step of the way. Welcome, welcome. My name is Mary Wagstaff. I am a life coach who ended a 20-year relationship with alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. In this podcast, we will explore my revolutionary approach to quitting alcohol that breaks all the rules, amazing stories from women who are throwing a better party because of it, and how you can stop drinking and start living. This show is not a substitute for rehabilitation, medical treatment, or advice, so please talk to a health professional if your alcohol consumption is a risk to your mental or physical health. Now on with the show. Welcome back, my beautiful listeners. I am so glad you are here. Hooray, we are really in the very final stages of this 40 Days to Freedom from Alcohol, A Sacred Journey of the Self, Um, and this really is the last piece to lead us into our sixth week, Um, so make sure to send in your Q&A. I actually decided, um, because I didn't have a ton of Q&A from listeners, which is fine, um, but I would love to answer whatever you had, so I will... Um, I will um, address what I do have, but um, I really wanted you guys to get the essence of what coaching looks like, and at least looks like with me. I know that it's different with everyone. Um, So I, one of my clients um, agreed to do a live coaching session, and she um, has actually already gone through this process. So she's already on the other side of alcohol, but the, the session was actually really beautiful in the way that we really, you will see how the integration of all of this work plays out in every other part of your life. And, you know, the the process of moving through alcohol is still present for her, although she um, isn't drinking currently. Um, But yeah, so look forward to that because it's going to be amazing. So I will be answering some Q&A before the actual coaching session. And then the coaching session was amazing. And I'm just so proud of her and all of the work that she's doing. So I hope that this finds you well. I feel like there's been in my own life a little bit of a settling and a grounding of energies. Um, There was a lot happening in the stars. Um, So whether or not, you know, you're into even knowing what your sun sign is in astrology, which I don't even really study astrology or know much about it, but I do know that we are in relationship to the cosmos. We are in relationship to at least our solar system and the rest of, you know, this galaxy, right? We can't deny that. 
So there was a lot of um, events happening. There was, um, we had the solstice. So we're officially at the peak of the year of the sun. So everything is kind of highlighted. It was the, um, it was a, a um, solar eclipse and um, a new moon all in the same conjunction, all at the exact same time. So if you were feeling maybe a little ungrounded or shaky over the weekend, um, just know that that might be why. And we're still kind of in those energies. So I think deep rest, um, some salt baths or just being in water and being with the elements. You know, we live in this 3D world that especially, you know, my gosh, I can't even, that with the internet and social media, it's find your purpose, you know, massive action, push forward. And a lot of times the hardest thing for us to do is to relax. And that's why I love the practice of yoga, but it's like, yeah, get into some water in nature and just sit and see how that fares with you. Instead of the constant doing, a lot of times there's less doing that needs to be done when we're moving from a place of centeredness and groundedness and when we can actually have a clear mind. And that's why coaching is so amazing because it's like you can spend a small amount of time coaching yourself, getting out some thoughts. You can have a clear head and you can breathe a little bit deeper and you're not moving from this frantic energy. You're moving from a place of confidence and allowing and understanding. And what we're going to talk about today is integration, being an integral part of the whole and understanding that there is no separation from the other or that outside of ourselves to what is happening inside of us. And so this is a concept um, and it can be tangible as well, but it's just the final layer of taking that unflinching why for yourself and realizing that its essence is affecting not just your inner landscape in the immediate world around you, but it is not, it's not only affecting everything else around you in this ripple because we are an integrated whole. We know that the earth itself it has a symbiotic relationship with everything. So just know that that's true. Um, but it is also that, that why is an expression of the outer. And so today we talk about really how we integrate the inner experience and the choices that we make and how it ripples out into all that is as really a um, exemplifying the divine creative consciousness that is flowing through us that has that we are manifest from and so <clears throat> this definitely um, is kind of a concept of something bigger than yourself and so the one way that I like to really relate this to an experience of everyone is the idea of love and we can say that love is you know a hormonal thing that we experience in a biological way <clears throat> You know, to our children or to belonging and this essence, but we all have had the experience of um, awe and wonder and staring at the moon and staring at the stars and seeing a sunset. And what is that essence? How did? Where does that essence come from? And how is that invoked inside of us? And that's the one, regardless of your 
you know, how you define your beliefs of, of creation, of existence, um, we can know we have that. We share that universal wonder and awe, which really is that sense of love and sentiment and the subtlety of everything that I'm talking about. And so when it comes to your relationship with alcohol, <clears throat> becoming a, a vessel, a clear vessel and a clear channel so that how you show up is different than what you're doing, right? So it's not really necessarily the work you're doing in the world, but how you're doing it. And that is what impacts everything. And, you know, we can, the, there's these strong, strong feelings of nostalgia when it comes to alcohol that you, it's like, you can feel it in your bones. And sometimes it can really trick us into thinking, wow, that was just such an amazing euphoria. I felt so alive, like in the sun and, you know, dancing to music and there was alcohol involved, but that wasn't real. Like, I mean, the experience happened, but the, the way in which it was created in your body was, was a false pleasure. Um, and because it's so concentrated, we have to take some time to get back to, to where we're feeling those same pleasures and joys and ecstasies from a natural state. Um, and a lot of times that can come through nature and through our relationship with the other, through devotional practices. Um, and so this is about really doing this episode and this final shift of integration is really about offering the fruits of your labor to something bigger than yourself. Um, and that could be all of humanity, but humanity doesn't even express it because when we look at just humanity as being the center of the world, we're really living in the ego. And that's just such a small perspective because humans aren't the center of the universe. Human experience is not the center of this world or of this earth without everything else around us, we would not exist. Um, and so we get to have this wild experience of consciousness and anything less than cognizant is really doing a disservice to your one and only opportunity to be here in this body, in this lifetime. So, um, yeah, no big deal. <laughs> So Albert Einstein says, I love this, Deepak Chopra, I probably said this on the podcast before, but Deepak Chopra always references this quote. Um, and there's a little paper of Albert Einstein saying, there are only two ways to live your life. One as though nothing is a miracle and the other as though everything is a miracle. And so even when you're in the pit of despair, that moment, and we've talked about the, you know, the experience of sensation, of feeling is a miracle. We are human. We get to have this wide, you know, vastness of all of these emotions. And the more we tune into the integration that nothing is separate from the other thing, we want to separate. We want to separate like our work from our devotion, our yoga time from our kid time, you know, nature from humanity. And it's just not true. And so the more you can just start to believe that in everything you do and that becomes your reality and your truth, um, the more you want to offer and you want to live from the heart space. Because in my opinion, that's the work we're here to do. We are here to 
be the fullest expression of our truest, highest nature of our soul self. Um, and you can look at it however it resonates deeply with you. And there will be some questions at the end for you to really explore that because a lot of times doctrine and other people's opinions, um, you know, become ours. And then so we really push off um, devotional practices because they've been really utilized for power over. And so they, we kind a lot of times in, in our modern world, like especially when it comes to religion is just looked at as like, oh my gosh, I was raised this way. It was awful. And then we don't want to really look to see, but how, what is the truth inside of it, right? Like where does that essence come from? And how can I find that, that expression inside of myself? Because every, every relationship with creative conscious or divinity, um, is unique unto yourself. There is no one way to do it. And that's why where religion really falls short is like, like not expressing that it's becomes this, um, this mass consciousness of, of the one way to do something. And there's no one right way to connect with the essence of your life. Um, so he goes on to say in that paper, Einstein, um, a human being is part of a whole call, called by us, the quote unquote universe, as a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separate from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of consciousness. This delusion is a kind of prison for us, restricting us to our personal desires and to affections for a few people nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circles of compassion to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. And he says at the very end, only a, li- a life lived for others is worth living. And so how does that integrate into your unflinching why? And how do you see yourself as a symbiotic relationship? When we get into those thought spirals and we think that that sensation and that concentrated moment of that fleeting pleasure of that moment with alcohol is the end all be all and how could I possibly live without it? We are living in a prison of the mind and of a separateness of the self right? We're living in that small S and, um, we're really living in the ego and that is so limiting and that's what really keeps us stuck in so many places. And so the practice of ritual, which is something I've talked about is what brings you into this expansive awareness, this expansive consciousness that there is so much more happening than just you and in your experience. And it's not to say that it's, your unique self isn't, um, you know, isn't an amazing little world unto itself, but it's the both and, right? How can all of the work that you do be embraced into your personal life and your everyday life and the people around you, but also be that same, but an expression of the vastness of all that is. And so this final step of integration um, is we, we do this work, not just for ourselves, for the sake of having the life of our dreams, but for the sake of love. We know time and space is relative. We 
know that we are in a symbiotic relationship to the whole, but yet the ego mind and the conditioned subconscious lives like that separate island unto itself. We claim unification of the outer and inner worlds as one and not as separate. We see these bodies sometimes as like so such dense matter, but really when you look at it, it's just cell, it's just water, it's fluid, it's so much water and it's just concentrated into a dense form, but really it's a very fluid structure. Um, there exists no separation from the creative consciousness that flows through another, the ions of the river, and the voice that called you to step on this journey today. So I just want you to take a moment to kind of expand your awareness to the space around you, what you're seeing outside of a window, thinking about a loved one, the experience of loss, of grief, the experience that called you here that keeps calling you back home to yourself. And then feel that expansiveness, even in grief. And then think about the experience of alcohol. What does that feel like? That attachment, that kind of dark, constricted energy. It's very contracted. It's very um, low vibing, right? There's not there's not an expansiveness to it, even in the times where you feel elated and you know you're losing kind of a sense of self, even right there, right? You're less inhibited. You're losing a sense of self. You're slowly losing your connection to that integrated whole. Um, and I just wanted to read one more thing because there's so much <laughs> goodness in the philosophical world really talking about this. And Deepak Chopra, I really love him for the fact that he brings a very practical application, you know, really of metaphysics, of the idea of living beyond. And we know time and space is relative, <clears throat> yet we live like it's not. We know we're an integrated part of the whole of the universe that, you know, we literally wouldn't exist without the trees outside but we act like it's not. And we just live in this mind that is just constantly creating a prison. It's like an inverted self. And so sometimes, and I've found this in my own experience, the work of too much thought work without embodied integration can become, like when you become too aware of your thoughts all of the time, they can become a little fiery and a little bit of a prison and unto themselves. And you almost um, invert into the ego <clears throat> and it's not as expansive. And so that's why, yay, the next season of the podcast, and I'm so excited, is going to be about embodied integration, about taking your life into the world around you so that you can start to feel into the essence of life outside of the experience of alcohol. And so another um, great philosopher, um, Osho, who um, kind of talks really more about Zen, Zen Buddhism. And, you know, Osho has his rap, but you never, like the wisdom of, of, a, of a teacher or of a philosopher, if, even if it doesn't all resonate with you of like who they were, you can't just discredit all of their words of wisdom because you just would miss out. Um, and he talks a lot about like Buddha nature. So this kind of, this 
presence of integration of kind of detachment and you know we can kind of think about a buddha figurine um with this little soft smile this this contentment this peace and of course there you know we know how that, that image has been portrayed and commercialized in our modern world <clears throat> but there still is that essence that lives um in our ability to connect to it so he says the Buddha is nobody's monopoly. It is nobody's copyright. It's everybody's innermost being. You don't have to be a Buddhist to be like Buddha, like a Buddha. To be a Buddha transcends all concepts of religion. It's everybody's birthright. Persuade it to come along with you to your daily activities so everything in your life becomes a meditation, a grace, a beauty a benediction. And this is from his book, No Mind, The Flowers of Eternity. <sighs> yes. Persuade it to come along with you to your daily activities so everything in your life becomes a meditation, a grace, a beauty, and a benediction. So we live from the place where we offer everything for the sake of love. And I'm going to read you one more thing <clears throat> because I think it ex um, expresses it probably more beautifully than I could. And this, um, I'm not sure exactly what talk this is from, but it's in the, the Osho Zen Tarot deck, which is, like, is amazing for contemplative studies. And this is about participation. And it was kind of what it reflects on that same quote from Einstein about being part of the integral whole. Have you ever seen night going. Very few people have even become aware of things which are happening every day. Have you ever seen the evening coming, the midnight and its song, the sunrise and its beauty? We are behaving almost like blind people. In such a beautiful world, we are living in small ponds of our own misery. It is familiar so even if somebody wants to pull you out, you struggle. You don't want to be pulled out of your misery, of your suffering. Otherwise, there is so much joy all around. You have just to be aware of it and to become a participant, not a spectator. Philosophy is spe speculation. Zen is participation. Participate in the night leaving. Participate in the evening coming. Participate in the stars and participate in the clouds. Make participation your lifestyle and the whole existence becomes such a joy, such an ecstasy. You could not have dreamed of a better universe. Yes, please. Thank you very much. And this isn't just lip service. This isn't just poetry. This is this is understanding that the inner essence and the outer essence, there is a fluidity to it. So I really want you to think about what this means to you. For our purposes, as this is the final step, really, in the sacred journey of the self, this integration piece, I identified three kind of main components um, to understand this integrated part that this decisions that you're making, this journey of the self, offering the fruits of your labor, 
to the essence of love, to the expression of your life, to the gift that is your creative self um, is what this step is. So, and this is a universal experience. We all have the ability to experience this regardless of what the outer circumstances are. So yes, there is a systems in place that are not fair, that are of oppression. There are people that hurt us on purpose, that do things that are cruel. However, I believe that we are a unique expression of love. We are a unique expression of divinity and everything that flows through us is worthy of pause, is worthy of the best life lived. And alcohol is that contracted energy, which does not allow us to live into the fullest essence of that. So in celebration of that, in recognition of that, how can you show up into the world? How can you shift your perspective to really believe into that, to that everything is a miracle piece? So the first part of that <clears throat> is in every moment, we have the ability to step into the heart and choose love instead. So even in the depths of despair, when we think about gratitude and, you know, we can, I some oftentimes can ponder even like when I'm feeling really bad, I can even ponder like tragedy. Like what if something that I really love and that feels like that divine expression, like my child, um, the, the love and the, the joy that I get from my work, if that was gone, what would I feel like? So I summon that gratitude of how grateful I am in my life for that. So when something is really tough and that connects me to that essence of love. So in every moment we have the ability to choose that. Can I choose love and see everything as a blessing and everything as a miracle? And once you commit to everything as a miracle, there's no going back. So you can't pick and choose. It's not subjective. It's in everything you do. Number two, use your unflinching why as proof that everything is a miracle <clears throat> and anchor to that truth as you walk through the cycle again from a new perspective where you are where you when you are in the muck of that blossoming lotus so the lotus blossoms out of mud but we see now in retrospect that when we were in that confrontation phase face to face with a true story of having to confront our story around alcohol that from this perspective, we can see that those universal energies are the same. They're the same energies inside of us. And then that freeing up of the energy that all that drama takes up of hiding the truth. Hiding the truth takes so much energy and effort. It is so much easier to rip that band-aid of truth off and confront it and move on and then free up that energy to be in service of the integrated whole, to be in that participation mode of life. When you are in the state of alcohol, it's such an internalized experience that you're not participating in all of life when you're in that space. Um, and so you can use that unflinching why as the proof to keep coming back to tether you so you expand it that this isn't 
you know, this unflinching why is, is your tether, but then it's the outer and the inner. Can you see that outside in all of life and inside of you? And then finally, number three, recognize and initiate yourself as reflection of all that is that miracle in the outer world. And that it is the same grace and divinity that lives inside of you. The self-initiation piece of reclamation of your sovereign nature, no one can do for you. And no one can take it from you. That is an illusion and a construct that we have been sold from stories from the day we are born. And so this doesn't mean we have to live outside of society This simply means that we get to pick and choose the stories that we are going to believe. And so you, there is no degree or achievement or material object that you can possess and someone hands you a piece of paper to set, to, to claim your worth, right? This is something done inside of you. And that's why the sacred journey of the self is such an integral piece of the work of rewriting your story with alcohol, because it is up to you to claim your worth. It is up to you to offer the fruits of the work that you do to something bigger than yourself. It is up to you to get out of your own way. This process begins and ends with you, but it is not of and for just you. So think about that a little bit with your unflinching why. And you have to really stop seeing yourself as separate that, you know, what you're making it mean about you, that why can't I drink, that I'm, you know, that something's broken inside of me. The only thing that needs to be fixed is just simply an openness and an awareness that you're having a human experience. There's no right or wrong way to do this. All the stigma around alcohol, all the labeling, that was created by someone who doesn't know all the answers, right? So when something is created, a a rule or a construct from a human brain, that's one perspective. Even deep philosophical you know, writings about love. That's just one perspective. It is your duty to initiate yourself into your truth and to reclaim your sovereign power. And, you know, in programs like AA, which I don't knock because I think like everyone should get the help they need from whatever works for them. But there is this this surrender of giving up power instead of a surrender of letting go that there is a separateness. So you surrender by releasing any delusion or any illusion that you are not also that same expression of power and worthiness. And, you know, because of celebrities and Hollywood and politics, it's like we have this idea that even in human beings we're separate or that someone that's more well-known is better than us. And that's like the downfall of our society. And with social media, it's awful. I fall into that trap. And just so you know, it is created. The algorithms and the the, the apps are, are created and designed to keep you tethered to those ideas of the other being better than you. Like popular, 
I'm just, I can't anymore. I am not into popularity contests. So you, in your essence, are required here for the revolution of your life, for this life. You are here. It is now. The time is now. So will you show up to claim it? Will you show up to claim your worth and to stop seeing yourself as something separate, as less than, because you're not? So here's some questions for contemplation. What contributes to your calmness and balance when you feel into that place of, you know, that connectedness? What, where do you personally find that? What tools can you use to achieve this? How long does it last? And then how can you recalibrate that feeling throughout the day? What can really draw you back to your center? So there's this, I, like I used to practice yoga in the morning and have these like really healthy days and eat well. And then to like, just be like imbibing crazy by nighttime and really like losing the essence of all of that. And it's because I didn't stop and I wasn't aware and I didn't slow down enough to kind of keep bringing that tether back. And so it just takes practice and you do have to show up to do the work. It doesn't happen overnight. Um, but when you practice it, it becomes just as much of a habitual response to life as, you know, thinking, well, alcohol is the answer. And so it'll be different for everyone. Um, and I'm still working on it all the time, but I do slow down the practice of ritual and making sacredness like having just like, you know, it's not like we're making mocktails to, um, you know, to in, in place of what was booze. No, like it's like sitting down with a cup of tea because tea is a ceremony. It's a celebration and, and really being in that experience or like, you know, just a present moment experience where you're looking at the, the movement of the trees and this sounds really small, but I'm telling you, it is the peace. It is the peace. Presence is the only way to find power of the moment. It is what connects you to your power. Um, what is your definition of self that is separate from the ego? So the self with the capital S, what is your definition of that? How do you see that? Again, no right or wrong way, and maybe you've never looked at it. What ways do you express this sense of self in your life and the world around you? So coming from that, that big self um, that is connected to, to consciousness rather than the, the, the small ego self. And so the integrated whole. Where do you feel separate from all of life and creative consciousness? It could be through alcohol. Um, alcohol has this really good tricky way at making us feel connected um, but in the end, there's you can't have with alcohol. You have to have both. You can't feel connected and then not contracted. It just doesn't work that way. And that connectedness, that feeling of connectedness and expansiveness, is an illusion. It's only happening in your brain. Um, it's not real, right? And so we want to get to that place where you're having that real embodied experience, not a false one. Um, even if it's through the a practice of like kundalini yoga or something like that. Where, um, and so how can you fill that gap? What are, so how can you take these tools and like, you know, people say take your yoga off your mat, but like bringing in these mindfulness tools to everything you do, to the way you interact with your children, to listening instead of waiting to speak, right? 
Um, I was just having a conversation with my stepson who's 15 about this. And he was saying, people are always surprised when I reflect on, um, you know, a bad time they were having. Like I come back and say, oh, how was that thing with your mom or whatever? And he's like, cause I listen and I, and I know, and he said, he, you know, kind of learned this in theater of like to ask questions and to be curious, to have, to know how to have a conversation. What an amazing aware thing to have as a young person, like, he, I'm not worried about him. After he said that, I was like, this is amazing. These are things adults never learn how to do in their entire lives is to be curious about the other. That is an expression of love. That is an expression of divinity to see that there's value in something that's not just your life outside of yourself. <clears throat> and we do this in really performative ways, but then when it's not integrated, it doesn't create that lasting essence in what we're doing. Um, so what is your vision of the ultimate expression of integration of the self? What does that look like for you? That's a really beautiful exploration. What is your definition of divinity or of creative consciousness? A lot of times, like I said earlier, people kind of swear off religion and then they don't dive back into the essence of maybe, you know, what, where that all came from because religion has this ability to be such a power over um, that it doesn't really leave room a lot of the times for the unique expression of the self. So what is that for you now? How does your connection, um, how do you connect to that energy of your creative consciousness? Maybe it's through art, maybe it's through gardening. What archetype do you identify with the most? This is really fun. So whether it's through like the phases of the, of the feminine, um, like with maiden, mother, wise woman, enchantress, where are you at right now? What do you want to connect with more that could bring in that essence of creativity that has been blocked for you and maybe blocked from alcohol? Um, there's also archetypes throughout all of time through like Celtic um, and Egyptian um, history um, Isis, Bridget, I mean, Hindu mythology, there's tons of archetypes. Um, there's Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, Kalima, Bast, um, and, you know, Buddha, so on and so forth. What archetype can you play with that could be an essence of expansion and more playful of yourself? And then where do you see yourself, your divinity in creative consciousness um, where do you see, so yourself in your life and the work you do in the day-to-day -day as separate, really separate from that creative consciousness. Um, and just to kind of put it out where in your life, how can you be in service, not just to humanity, but that that is a divine expression of the whole, right? Is the service of love. This is one of my favorite questions. If every act was an act of love and service, how would that change how you show up? Would it change how you drink? Like real love, real love that your, your unique life is that higher consciousness that is an expression of that. How would you show up? You wouldn't show up drinking, that's for sure. So remembering it's not what you do, but it's how you do it. I hope that this inspired you to dive deeper into your experience as a human being on this planet because um, it's not just about thought work. Thought work can really get us into the ego and it's about embodiment. So I'm super excited for season two. 
so much to come. Please send me your Q&A. You have a couple more days um, because I'm going to wrap up that episode soon. But make sure you check it out, live coaching. We actually don't talk a ton about alcohol, but you will get so much out of seeing what that looks like. I'm so, so grateful for my client for doing this and so excited to share it. And then um, Wednesday and Friday mornings, you guys are invited. Please come um, and you can do this anonymously, but I'm teaching uh, a resilience yoga class and it is 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You Once you register, once you have the link to come anytime, so you don't need to re-register, and then you just pay through Venmo or whatever. But um, all of the profits, we've been doing it since quarantine, and there's three organizations, and I'll link them in the show notes. You can check them out. Amazing, amazing organizations that I'm kind of rotating for support. And then I'm going to hopefully really excited to do a live social distancing fundraiser um, with yoga and hopefully some other fun things out on my property in Oregon. So if you're in Mount Hood area, kind of stay tuned for that. But um, Ohm Thrive, um, the Love Necklace campaign by Impulse Studios and then Sober Black Girls Club. And um, they're three amazing organizations I'm so excited to know about and to support, offering support for domestic violence, empowerment, and um and also sobriety for um, black and brown women. And I just am thrilled. I'm going to be, I did an interview with the the founder of the Sober Black Girls Club and it was so enlightening. I can't wait for you guys to hear it in her own personal journey. Um, yeah, lots of really inspiring, amazing stuff happening. So tune into that essence, get out of the own spiral of your ego and know, girl, you got it. You are here to shine your light in your life and in the world around you. And there is nothing separate from who you are. And get off of social media and get out into the world. It's like we always say get off the mat and out to the world. But like it triggers you and pulls you back in. And it's just like this compare and despair between a popularity contest that's not even real. If you can't get inspired by it, then just stay away from it because you are not different than someone else who has like popularity or publicity or hot, you know, these what we think are high achievements. Your ability to serve yourself and one other person in this world has the same value as far as I'm concerned, then, you know, if you reach millions of people, we're all unique. Some people work really like, that's why I only work one-on-one and I don't do groups because I think that that essence of one-on-one work is my gift, my unique ability in the world. I think that's how we really start to see our own personal thoughts around alcohol, um, to be seen and be heard as a unique individual. Some people want to be, you know, expanding and have a far reaching audience and people, you know, be influencers and they're great at that. But I think we get triggered and thinking like, oh, is that how I need to be? No, it's not one person, you first, and then, you know, a tree outside. I don't know. It's all the same. Integrate. There is no separateness. You're amazing. Reach out. Sign up for an alignment session. I can't wait to talk to you. I've been talking to more and more people um, from that have been listening from the show, and it's really fun to just know that there's like, you know, a name with the listener. Um, I am in service of you here, and so if you go onto my website, there's a couple links, and if you're not on my email list, you should definitely sign up because I send out 
inspiration and just like little tidbits of things here and there. You can do that um, just by signing up for the five shifts workshop on my website, as well as a, um, a complimentary alignment session with me. And then we can talk one-on-one -on -one and you can meet me and I can meet you because it's just like, we're, I have, I'm on this platform just cause I chose to use this, but I'm not separate from you. Like, as far as I'm concerned, this isn't, this is a shared experience if you're on the other end listening. So thank you for being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. The process of unraveling your story outside of the confines of alcohol is truly a sacred and beautiful journey of the self. Rediscover who you are and a whole new world again. Stop by my website, marywagstaffcoach.com to get instant access to the on-demand workshop of my revolutionary five shifts approach. And while you're there, you can sign up for a one-on-one -on -one consultation where we will create together your life intention. This is the framework for which all of your decisions around alcohol are made from your truest and highest self. In addition to working remotely worldwide, I host private one-on-one -on -one healing retreats at my sanctuary in Mount Hood, Oregon.